1: B. Mitchell Finley, 106.7 a Fan. J.P. will be here a little, bit, little shortly. Joining us now, it's our guy, Pete Haley, at Peter Haley NBCS. What's up, Pete? How you doing, brother?
2: Hello, Brian Mitchell, and uh, a future hello to J.P. whenever he joins
1: Yeah, us. whenever he joins us. You know, he, he tries to do 5,000 jobs at one time, and he won why he always stressed <laughs> out. But anyway, <laughs> how, how was your weekend of football, brother?
2: It was great. I mean, I saw you and JP on, uh, what was that, Saturday evening while the Jaguars and Chargers were engaged in a heck of a football game. Uh, And then Sunday I hung out with Mitch Tischler at a nice little uh, spot there in Bethesda for the Giants-Vikings game, and I watched the Ravens-Bengals game at home, and that game was the game where I put my single biggest career bet in, and it won. The Ravens covered, and that was my biggest bet ever, so I'm a happy guy.
1: Well, PJP was asking questions. We put out the thing earlier. What? What game had you feeling some kind of way? Was it the Cowboys just destroying Tampa, or was it the Giants going into Minnesota and beating the Vikings?
2: So, JP posed that on our podcast, and his reasoning in taking the Giants is that he felt like the Commanders are better than the Giants. And also, it's a bit perturbing to watch the Giants turn their season around, their fortunes around in just one season when Ron Rivera's has taken three plus years to do so. So, I get taking the Giants but I find the Giants to be like that cute uh, plucky underdog that isn't really too harmful they're just kind of hanging around with the adults and soon they'll be dismissed I was more annoyed by the Cowboys because they were paired with an opponent that really was just a complete mess and the Cowboys in winning that game so handily might have found the momentum they need to go on a deep postseason run and everybody in this area knows how unbearable Cowboys fans are. Unfortunately, there's a lot of them that live in this area and Mm -hmm. also just live around the country. So if the Cowboys are able to do something serious, it's going to be really, truly a miserable experience. So I take the Cowboys over the Giants. But it's surely not great to see three NFC teams alive and be the one that's sitting on the sidelines regardless.
1: Yeah, when you look at the Giants, though, I know we keep saying we're a better team than them. But, you know, you don't play games on (laughs) paper. You You play games on the football field. And they face us twice. What's
3: even crazier I would add about the Giants of the NFC East teams, the Commanders beat the Cowboys and the Eagles. Yeah, they couldn't beat the damn There giants. you go.
2: <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, and, and, and that is you know, I honestly we talk so much about coaching here with how Ron Rivera's handled this thing. And it's a little bit different because he's also the de facto GM, so he's constructed the team. He's not just making on field decisions or lineup decisions on a week to week basis. However, as fun as it is to complain about coaching and pin blame on the guys on the sideline, um, it's mostly about players. But in the Giants case, I do think that's an example of where coaching really has made an impact and where you can get angry as a commander stand. Like what that guy, Brian Dayball doesn't have a very good roster and he's elevated everything and he's figured out a way to maximize it. So while I think most of the time complaining about coaching is annoying and it's really just who has the best quarterback. And if you have Patrick Mahomes, you're going to look like a good coach regardless of who you are. In this instance, yes, Ron Rivera is getting out-coached, out-strategized by Brian Dable, and that is incredibly vexing for commander supporters.
1: I, well, I, think, uh, I think every year when we look at coaches, like, I think people automatically assume if you have a lot of talented players, you should never, ever be one thought of to be like coach of the year. But I've been around a lot of talented players, and they are the toughest to deal with. They, they have the biggest egos. They think they know everything. So a coach that could get those guys to buy into something and begin to work as a team, he's better than the coach that when you got a bunch of guys that's just not that good and you say, if y'all lose, you know y'all going home. That's all you got to say. They're going to play harder. But the guys that's already good with the contract, has a little bit of reputation, they don't like listening. And when the coach can get them to buy into it, I have to say that, that coach is as good as any.
2: This is where your experience as a fantastic football player comes in handy because you've seen the behind-the-scenes nonsense that coaches have to deal with and manage oh, yeah. and when it comes to getting guys to practice and getting guys to pay attention in meetings and execute these assignments. You're right. It's a lot easier for Dayball to tell Isaiah Hodgins and uh, you know Matt Breida how to play football than it is for uh, certain coaches to manage these divas are these guys with really big egos, like an Odell Beckham, for example, even though yeah. so he's not on a team right now. So I hear you on that. Um, but, yeah, it, regardless, um, I think, you know, you look at the other way, like JP's favorite coach to hate on in the NFL is Brandon Staley. That guy has a ton of talent on his roster, and he can't get them to advance to the playoffs or win a playoff game at this stage. So, yes, I'm not completely discounting coaches. There are examples all over of good coaches doing poorly and poor coaches screwing things up even more, and then other coaches elevating things. There's examples all over. But I think mostly, and in the terms of uh, the NFL specifically, it comes down to the one position, and it's the one position the commanders have been looking for for 25 years. And if they had a better quarterback, if they had drafted Justin Herbert, I think Ron Rivera would be looking a lot better than uh, the eight or nine guys Rivera's had to employ instead.
3: Uh, let's talk about the quarterback position then. You, you've taken us there. We're talking with our friend Pete Haley from NBC Sports Washington. You can give him a follow at Pete Haley, NBCS. Haley spelled with an I. Um, Sam Howell, there was a report over the weekend that Sam Howell is QB1. Mm-hmm. Um, is Sam Howell QB1 or is Sam Howell the one QB on the roster right now? <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is a brilliant way to spin mm-hmm. that around. Uh, yes, he is the one QB on the roster. When you're interviewing OCs and they're coming in, you're not going to say, tell us how you'd like to see this offense built around Carson Wentz, because Carson Wentz is not going to be here. And whether Heineke is back or not, you're not going to ask them to construct a game plan around Heineke because he's not the future guy. Howell is the only one who could be someone that you rely on for a while. And it is a worthy exercise to ask Pat Shermer and whoever else is going to end up looking at this job Show us what you think Howell can do. How would you build around him? Do you think there's something there? That's good. You can get outside intel, and maybe they tell you some things you haven't been thinking about. But this does not mean in any way that Sam Howell is uh, the starter in week one in September. And I don't even know if he has the inside track. He's just the only one on the track. But there's still so much uh, moving and shaking that is going to happen with various rosters. There's going to be the names we expect a quarterback to shake free. There's going to be names we don't know or don't C, There's going to be draft guys who rise and fall. There's going to be so many more options. And also, just for Ron Rivera's sake, like he may end up having to go with Howell, but with where he is in the coaching tenure and how much heat is on him, I doubt taking a fifth-rounder with one career start is the most appealing way to put his uh, job on the line with. like He's going to want someone with a little more pedigree. I don't know if he can get that, but uh, yeah, right now, he's the one QB. He is not the QB one.
1: How much is is this some gamesmanship from Ron? Because you remember he was talking earlier. Last year he came out and he said, we have to go get a quarterback. And in a sense, I think they were forced to have to sign uh, Carson and look what that, look how that worked out. He was talking earlier last week saying, we have to go get quarterback one. And that's basically telling people, you go and look for a quarterback. And then he follows that up this week, or the report comes out, that, oh, no, no, Sam's out number one. Is he trying to throw people off?
2: You can never rule that out with Ron, and I don't – I'm not discounting that he does try to do that at times. Like, he, he, like a lot of coaches, are paranoid and wants to uh, say one thing and do the other. But we've reached the point with Ron where he just talks so much and does so many interviews and has so many of these reports coming out that I don't think he's trying to be coy. I just think it's, it's like disorganization almost, or it, it, there's no real point behind it. He's just throwing everything out there, and uh, he's not even really sure what he believes in right now because – when he sits at the podium and JP's asking about Cam Curl's extension and Ron wants to pretend like saying Cam Curl is good is going to completely screw over the commanders when it comes to negotiating that contract, that's not a smart guy who's really locked in and thinking next-level stuff. That's a dude who's just holding on and barely has a clue of what's going on. So um, I don't think, Brian, this is um, Ron playing chess. I think we made a joke in that media room that when Ron tries to play chess, Sometimes he still takes out a checker set and plays chess with it and then just ends up looking extremely foolish. So in this regard, I don't think there's any gamesmanship. I think it's just Ron is trying like hell to figure out where to take this team, and he's not really sure what to land on.
3: I See, I don't – I think he doesn't care. I think he knows that he has to just get that end-of-season press conference done and he just kind of says whatever he wants and knows that it – has no bearing on what they're going to do over the course of the next six weeks, especially this offseason where there's so much influx. Uh, talking with our friend Pete Haley here, NBC Sports Washington, Washington Football Talk podcast. Um, one of the situations beyond quarterback that's in flux, and, and these things are kind of tied together, but it is the offensive coordinator. You get rid of Scott Turner last week, and I think you were – I think you were pretty vocal in support of the move. I I think Brian and I kind of saw it more as a scapegoat thing than the right thing, but I don't know that Scott did enough to to make it impossible to fire him either. Mm -hmm. Um, But now it's kind of where they're going next. The commanders announced today that they're bringing in Pat Shermer for an interview. I kind of think he's going to get the job. Um, Who would you like to see get the job, and who do you think will get the job?
2: I could see it being Shermer or someone of that recycled. Like I know they're looking at Daryl Bevel, some of these coordinators and coaches who've been around the block and you, and you hear about them. And I'm not going to predict that Shermer's going to be an awful hire. I don't know enough about his whole career, but I do know that people who I follow and respect and read from and, and, and care about their opinions, guys like Shermer and like Daryl Bevel and like, say, a Mike Schuler, or a Chudzinski, who are guys who have been tied to Rivera but not necessarily this job yet, they're, they're names that people just almost seem to smirk at and, and are always angry with because of what they're doing. I mean, Daryl Bevel has one of the worst play calls in NFL history under his belt with not giving the ball to Marshawn Lynch on the goal line. Like These are names that have stains on them and that wouldn't really get fans fired up, but I think because of everything that's swirling around the franchise, it will be a guy like that, someone who Ron is familiar with and who has a long resume, even if that resume isn't very illustrious. So I'm with you on Shermer. I've also been thinking that I could see Ken Zampezi ending up being the guy just because they interview all these people on the outside. None of them are that impressive or want the job that badly, and they say, you know what, we'll keep our system in place and we'll just use the quarterback's coach who's been here uh, as the OC, and maybe he has a different spin on things but can call the same kinds of plays. For me, I like your suggestion of the Rams' assistant, Thomas Brown, I like giving guys who are quarterbacks, coaches like this Charles London guy in Miami, um, names that you haven't exactly heard of because worst comes to worst, they are a Pat Shermer like coach, and they're here for one year, and then you blow out the entire regime and you start over. But maybe they have a new new way of of running an offense or new ideas, and I just don't want someone who's going to be a retread. This organization – needs new blood. And when you look at the defense, Del Rio is a guy that Rivera has never really worked with. Jeff Scanina, who took over for Rivera's buddy and Sam Mills, had that defensive line playing well. It's good to have some coaches who are not completely in lockstep with your head coach. You don't want infighting all the time. You don't want just complete chaos, but you want coaches with different ways of doing things. And I think an OC or a quarterback's coach who gets hired to be an OC, who has never really been around this coach or this franchise would be a step, but I am not Expecting that to happen, I could be see it being Shermer or Shula, and uh, it could be an SH show in another way. If you know what I'm saying. Oh,
3: Lord. What um, what's the most important thing that happens between now and March 15th for the Commanders? March 15th being the new league year.
2: Um, yeah, it, I think it's going to be rumors or, or discussions about Duron Payne, and it's one way or the other. Of course, you'd like to have him here, but I don't think you can just completely break the entire bank for him, and maybe that's what it's going to have to be to get Payne to stay is to break that entire bank, so maybe it's a franchise tag, but just their direction on him I think matters because uh, Deron Payne and John Allen, they were actually an Alabama wall this year. That nickname's been used in the past, but this year it was justified, and when those two are together, they really solidify the entire defense and they can just wreck games, and it's really fun to watch them. So is that someone this team values ron's talked about valuing defensive tackles a lot but will ron be able to keep that guy with what's going on above him uh will Payne be uh, amenable to a franchise tag or, or thoughts of that so i think looking at just his situation will be really intriguing i mean whatever rumors come out about quarterback and if we get movement on the ownership of course will be really big but that's stuff that people have heard about and listen to the show all the time for so moving a little bit down the list I really am uh, wondering what they're going to do about Deron Payne because it's tough with Sweat and Young also coming up. You're going to run out of money eventually, I would think. And uh, while Payne justifies a big contract, I don't know if the commanders are the ones who can really give it to him.
1: They want They have to have someone who's, who's able to look at it and see what effect it will have in a year or two. And it will, can they go anywhere else and, and move forward? Because I think they they were planning to let him go. Until everything went awry, I guess they. Dude, I think I want to credit correctly. I think it was Standig, but I know I heard some
3: whispers. I mean, they were talking about trading him last year at the draft and yeah. trading him before the and, season. Then they drafted a uh-huh. the kid from
1: Alabama. He yeah. got hurt, and yeah. then yeah. they then he had it this year. Now they may be pressed to try something, but I don't know. What What does your gut tell you where Payne
2: is playing next year, here or the field? The field, Pete. Here on the tag, I don't think a long-term deal in Washington. I think that's the third most likely. It's tag here, long-term deal elsewhere, and then big gap, and then long-term deal here.
3: I mean, here's the thing with the tag, dude. If I think they'd have to announce the tag, I want to say it's March 9th. I think you get a week before the league year opens. I Don't mm-hmm. don't, don't quote me on that, but it's somewhere in there. Um, What's that tag going to be? I, I mean, I think that tag is a is a quick twenty mil guaranteed.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it's. I think it's nineteen or twenty. But if you if how goes from the one QB to the QB one, then you can just say, all right, we got rid of Carson, we kept Duran on the tag, and we have a few more million to spend elsewhere, and it can kind of wash your hands that way. That's yeah, but you got to build offensive line. It, but you can't, can't.
1: But you was, can't go to depleted offensive line again if this sure. sale
3: is really happening. In early March, do you want to have to cut a $20 million check? Because that thing's got to go into escrow. Yeah.
2: And maybe it doesn't yeah, it matter because does.
3: you're going to get it right back. But mm-hmm. I, I think, dude, when when Ron and Martin talked about the budget at the season-ending presser, that stood out to me because it seemed kind of weird. And very weird. I, I think we just got to be kind of aware of that. Like, I don't think decisions – I, I mean, one of the most laughable things I think is the amount of photoshops I see of Lamar Jackson in a Commanders uniform. Um, <laughs> laughable on a, on a series of levels, but the biggest, Lamar wants to get paid. There are rumors that he wants a fully guaranteed deal, even if it's not fully guaranteed. A Lamar contract is landing at probably two hundred million guaranteed, one hundred eighty-five guaranteed. You think
2: they're cutting that check right now? The answer no, is we, hell we, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we see how that facility looks. We see certain improvements this franchise can make on a much smaller scale, and they're hesitant to do that. So, yes, budget is a word my girlfriend and I use when we're looking for, like, a new coffee table you in our apartment. Trust, it's Lord, not on fine. an NFL it's not one an NFL franchise should be saying, not that word, but it's a, it's on Rivera's mind, and that's just another complicating factor for this very crucial offseason.
3: It feels to me like a like a kick
1: in the can
0: kind of mm-hmm. offseason. Do you get the yeah. same
3: feel? Yeah.
1: I just think it's it's there's so much uncertainty going on, and we don't. It's going to be strange. All right, Pete, appreciate your time, bud.
2: All righty, goodbye,
3: boys. That's our guy, Pete Haley. Give him a follow at Pete Haley, NBCS. What I want to do next the commanders have a number of candidates they are interviewing for offense coordinator, or at least are reported to interview. Uh, let's run through them. Let's see what we like, and let's lean on our chief BS officer, Jim Andrew Mullins, the 10th to uh, to give us an honest scouting report on these fellas. Don't go anywhere to be mentioned.
2: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect, impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you
0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
3: Take everybody behind the scenes of the B. Mitchell Finley program here. Um, there's a lot of moving parts at all times with our program. Like, for whatever reason, when we got out of break... B. Mitch decided to leave the studio and go into the control room. Um, I went from the control room to the studio because we had to start talking on the radio. Um, B., I also thought you should know this. Um, are you aware of the city of Tijuana in Mexico? Do mm-hmm. you know how it's spelled? It was T-I-J. T I J U A N A. Exactly. And it's pronounced Tijuana. How do you spell it? Well,. I, I would kind of think everybody in the world knows about Tijuana. Like, it's a pretty big, infamous, famous city, whatever you want to call been it. been drunk there. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> so, somehow, so shout out to Ahmed, who sent in pizza, which is banging. I don't even know where this is from, but it's excellent.
1: Yeah, but you got to stop offering it to every person while is not here yet. He coming to eat, too. All
3: right, well, close the damn door. <laughs> That's fair. You're right. Um, I just thought it was a ton of pizza, because, I mean, that pizza fills you up, too. But you're right. Um... But we're unaware of what pizza place this is, but it's fantastic.
1: It is good.
3: And that prompted a conversation with Chris Kynard who said, are we living in the golden age of pizza in the District of Columbia? And I said, yes. But I also believe we might be living in the golden age of just pizza. Because more and more, there are, like, independent pizza places making bomb-ass pizza. Yeah, and, like, kind of different styles and different, you know what I mean? Like, there's all sorts of, like, this is... Chicago style, but I think it's way better than Chicago style because it's got so much sauce on it. There's Detroit style. There's all sorts of different pizzas nowadays. That Somehow we started talking about tacos, to which these guys all said they don't like Chipotle, which I love Chipotle, and Jeff said, nah, man, you got to go to Glen Burnie, which is Maryland up by Baltimore, and try this place, Tijuana Tacos. Tijuana, son. And I said, Jeff, are you sure it's not Tijuana? And he said, nah, Tawana. And I was like, how's it spelled? He said, T I J U A N A, Tawana. And at that point, I felt sorry for the that youth of T-I- America.
1: T I and and Tawana got together and made uh, a baby. Or married Jawana. Yeah. Now, now, I, now marijuana, <laughs> hey, if you, if
3: you pronounced it Tawana, because that's the same way marijuana, that I believe.
1: No, hey, look. I was really taught that as a kid and now like I'm 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 wondering anything about my my upbringing in the Prince George's County public school system because I remember saying Tijuana when I was a kid and my teacher vividly corrected me and said no it's Tijuana.
3: Well, she's an idiot, Jeff. Yes. I don't know and what now, else to tell
1: you. Who looked like the bigger idiot? <laughs> me, because a conversation off air that made it
3: on air He's blaming it on an elementary school teacher, apparently.
1: Uh, on air, I think we, that have we could have just left alone.
3: Landfill. There's no way he didn't think it was Tawana based on how marijuana is pronounced. Probably. <laughs> I mean, that is. <laughs> Beemitz is dead on about that. Also, the pizza is apparently Pie Pizzeria. Well, right? Pie Pizzeria, you've got a great product. Thanks very much. Um. All right, so I am looking at Hog's Haven. Hog's Haven does a great job of aggregating just a ton of news as it relates to the commanders, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They have, I believe, the most comprehensive list of all the expected interviews coming for the commanders at offensive coordinator. Now, let's also add some of these interviews are just requests. Like, the commanders have requested to interview the Dolphins' quarterback coach Daryl Bevel. I think Bevel was with the Seahawks back in the day when they had mm-hmm. Russ Wilson. Yeah, um, it doesn't mean they're going to be granted that. Now, you almost always, I think there's a rule that you get if they're going up. If it's a if it's yeah. a move up. Now, if it's a lateral move, they can turn it down. Um, so let's run through some of the potential interviews. We know Pat Shermer is one of them. He. The the team announced it via their own Twitter page. Uh, I'm gonna read you a little bit about Pat Shermer. He's been a head coach a few different times. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a head coach in Cleveland for two years um, with the Browns. He went nine and twenty three in 2011 2012. Wow. Uh, he was like an interim coach at the end of 2015 in Philly. Is that I guess Chip Kelly probably got fired and and he got to finish out. That game, that doesn't really count. Um, and then two real chances. He had the Browns for two years and went 9-23. and 23. This is kind of ironic.
1: Wait, wait, he went 9-23 <laughs> with the Browns.
3: 9-23 and 23 with the Browns in two years. Okay. Gets another job with the New York Giants. Two years in New York, 9-23 and 23 again. Mm. I I thought that'd be relevant, Brian. Um it is. In as an offensive coordinator, and you can't only look at numbers, but numbers give us a pretty good idea. Uh, I mean, he's been an offensive coordinator or a head coach, a significant part of his career. I mean, yeah. Th- he, he, was in, he was with
1: He was another guy that was in Philly. When I was there with what him. What
3: was he doing then? Coach of quarterbacks? He's quarterback coach. Okay. As an OC. He was
1: quiet when he was in Philly, though.
3: As an OC or head coach, meaning play caller, basically, he's been, he's got 13 years of experience with two seasons of top five offense. Okay. Two seasons out of 13, top five offense. Um, what were those years? Philly, thirteen and fourteen. Was that the end of Andy? Was he? Would he have been the OC at the end of? No, Andy had to be gone by thirteen and fourteen, up, right? right in, I thought. I'll look it up. Um, there's not a ton of impressive statistics. Yeah, Andy was there through 2012, so Shermer would have been his OC. In twelve, I know Cleveland. He was so he came back to Philly after that as the OC. Okay, I guess for Chip. Um, listen, it, it, it you don't get a full picture if you're just looking at yardages, but in yards gained, his offense is ranked in the top five twice. That was two years in Philadelphia with Chip Kelly, and then there are a significant amount of offenses that ranked 20th or lower. I mean, one, like his two years in New York, he had the 17th ranked and the 23rd offense. The last two seasons he was in Denver, um, they were 23rd in offense in 2020, 19th in 21. Now, granted, those Broncos teams didn't have a quarterback. So...
1: yeah. That was one game where they really didn't have a quarterback. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> they had all three of them were out. Remember that? Was he that in? Would you be excited about Shermer? No. I, I, I like Pat, but I don't think anything around him makes me get excited. Because when when you – this is the thing. We've been at a point so long where we've been getting the scraps. We need somebody that's going to roll in that comes with uh, – uh, a, a, a bevy of, of of highlights. This guy has done this, that, and the other. You need to see something like that. We don't. We don't. We haven't seen that. We saw him in New York. Did it scare you?
2: No.
3: What about this then? So this is going a different direction. So they announced that they're interviewing Pat Shermer. Um, they've requested to meet with Daryl Bevel, Dolphins passing game coordinator and apparently have requested an interview with Dolphins associate head coach and running back coach Eric Studesville. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Know him? Do you? How do you know him? Philly? New York. What do you – so, I mean, he's – Studesville's been wide receivers coach, assistant special teams coach with the Bears – with the Giants, he was running back's coach, so you probably worked with him directly. Yep. He's worked with the Bills. I mean, this is a guy that's been around a long time. Um, and still talk to him a lot. He was offensive coordinator with the Broncos, with Peyton Manning mm-hmm. in 2015. He's got a Super Bowl ring. Um, he's been all over the place Uh Now, he's, he's a big run game guy, so maybe that's what Ron wants here. What would you think of Studesville? And am I saying it right?
1: Yeah. I like him.
3: Older guy, but not exactly a retread. Like, he's never been the head coach, but he has been in OC.
1: He's more of a Bemis type. A little fiery? Fiery, but uh, he, he he his age isn't what he looks like and how he acts. You know what I'm saying?
3: I mean you guys are almost uh, yeah. he's 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 55. Mm-hmm. Um So I guess he might have been when they fired Josh McDaniels in Denver, I think he was the interim head coach. I think he was. Which really doesn't give you any idea of what a coach is. Um the you know the Dolphins offense this year was explosive. It, it, As long as the Dolphins had their quarterback, that was an explosive offense, and he was with it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you end up playing second and third stringers, it it takes a pretty big hit. Um, One other candidate to talk about, Bevel. we know. um, There's, I mean, these names are just going to keep coming. Charles London is the QB coach for the Falcons. Falcons offense, certainly ran the ball.
1: A lot. (laughs) A lot.
3: Um, All right. Quick football break. Time to talk to our guy, Garnet Hathaway. Scored a big goal yesterday in a big Caps win. Always love talking to Garnet every Tuesday. It's Caps Tuesday on B Mitchell Finley. Tell me why can't this be love? Because. <laughs> Hater. <laughs> right now, time to go to the Beck guest line. Garnet Hathaway joins the us. goal scoring Garnet Hathaway. That's right. Garnet is driven by Lindsey Volvo cars of Alexandria, where their goal is your complete satisfaction. You like Garnet score your next Volvo with the assist from Lindsey in the crease of Alexandria and LindseyVolvoCars.com. What's up, goal scorer Garnet? How you doing, dude? Yeah, right. Hey guys, how's it going? We good,
1: man. Uh, what? Were the first people to ever call you that? Yeah, literally the first people <laughs> and probably the
4: only people.
1: Uh, but I mean, this is the second time I'm talking to us. I think you scored a goal before the last one. Yeah, a while ago. Honestly, hey. talk, I it, talking to you guys, it keeps happening.
3: So, hey, man! Keep
4: these calls coming.
3: Right? Yeah, Dude, man. we got you a car deal. We're getting the goals <laughs> scored. I mean, things are happening. Hell, you've had a second child since you started coming on with us. <laughs> I'll let you guys know what the baptism is. You guys can come to that. No, but seriously, really, really impressive win yesterday against the Islanders. Getting down 3 nothing, fighting all the way back, winning an OT, on the road, What's a game do like – what's a game like that do for you guys as you're working back Wilson and Backstrom and and kind of recalibrating this team?
4: You know, it's one of those games where you get to see the way you need to play to win games. You know, and I say it's like I wish we had done that for the whole 60 minutes and it would have been a really fun game. But going through that adversity, not playing the way we can or need to, and knowing we have it, and then finding a way to do it, um, you know, it was kind of in the moment. You see how that that leadership group steps up for us and and leads the way and and brings that momentum, that spark, and then we we build off of that and we and we start playing the way we know we can, um, you know. And we and we close out a game that was a huge two points for us against the team that's right behind us.
1: Did you and Oshie decide to like switch uh, roles yesterday or something like that?
4: He was he was in the penalty
1: <laughs> box and you were scoring
4: oh <laughs> uh, you know, man it was that was huge for us too i think you look at that that ov hit um that kind of started that physicality for us and then oh you know just battling going going the net hard and and just not taking anything from anybody and, and, and pushing back you know like we could have folded we could have said hey you know we'll, we'll we'll get two points tomorrow let's forget about these but you know we we have those leaders in our group that that bring our room up um, and, and carry us into games like that, really drag you in.
3: Uh, you got a back-to-back tonight. You do get to come home, but you guys have now played, what is that, three games in the last four days, I guess? You got Sunday off. How, how are you feeling physically?
4: Uh, I feel great. Thanks for asking. Um, <laughs>
2: it's,
4: I mean, we have – you know, it's. we come in today – you know, we get to sleep in our own beds last night. We come in today, and uh, it's more of a treatment day. Um, it's kind of get what you need, to stay off the ice. Um, you know, get get your body moving, get it loose a little bit, because it that was a that was a tough game last night. That they're a physical team, and you know, and it went it went to overtime too. So it's that little bit extra time that that guys guys are skating and less time to recover. So we came in, we had we had our meetings, um, and then guys get what you need to, to make sure the body's feeling well. And then you'll get to the rink tonight, and it's, you kind of have that same mentality of, hey, we just played, which is great. We battled the team, and your foot's already on the gas, so you, you want to start the game, that same mentality.
3: Coach, go ahead. I, I was just curious. Like, Coach Lobb's known, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's kind of known to be a bit of a hard ass. Does he know when to push and when to back off for you guys in the middle of a season?
4: I think he, I think he has a really good read for how our team is built. You know, whether that's we're one, you know, whether that's we're one of the older teams in the league, or that was a or a long travel or hard game, or you know what it may be. I think he, he's coached for a long time and, and has that leadership group that there's a really open communication that says, hey, you know, we we need a break, or hey, let's meet at the plane tomorrow, or you know, what's what's best for you guys to play the way we did. That second half of that game, you know, what's going to get us to play our best? And you know, it's, it's been like that for the last three years. That's do what you need to do to to play your best at seven o'clock tonight, or you know, whatever time the game's at, because that's that's when it matters. Um, you know, with our our schedule's nuts, we don't we don't practice a lot, but when we do, you know, they're they're tough, they're intense practices that we need to get the mentality to win games. But when they're not, it's let's get on the ice, let's touch some pucks and, and get your body feeling good and then let's go be ready to battle at 7 o'clock. You don't need to battle at noon, battle at 7 and let's let's go win a game.
1: Garnet, I know it's like you get a feeling sometimes when you're starting to hit what you've been trying to hit like whether physically or just have plays flowing how you want them to flow. Are you all starting to hit that or you've hit it already or are you still building towards it?
4: I think, you know, it's, it's a long season so you you might hit it a few times in the year and then, and then lose it, which is, you know, I think it's riding that, that hot hand, riding that feeling when you, when you have it and then having that leadership group to be able to get you back on track as quickly as possible teams that, you know, have historically done really well in this league. They're ones that they don't lose many games back to back. um, And they, and they don't lose games, you know, three in a row. So for us to come back after losing two, get a huge two points, it's, you know, it's one of those that you, you find your game um, and and you know you just have to continue that for as long as possible because there are the ups and downs.
3: I mean, it's a long season, dude. There's got to be ups and downs. And, and then you throw road trips and people trying to, you know, balance families and, and everything. I, I was curious because you had Sunday off,
4: right? What what day of the week is it today, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday, Tuesday. Tuesday, I think. Yeah. Right? Tuesday, game day. Tuesday. Sunday was the day off. Yeah.
3: Did do you get to chill and watch football at all, or is it you got to be a dad? You got to get some treatment. Oh, like,
4: that was that was the day we we flew out. Um. So I mean, my yeah, wife. But the flight was wife, only to Long Island. <laughs> I know, but it, you know, I guess I I was thinking about the Bills game because my wife's a oh, Bills fan. of course. Fan, and Dude, I was she freaking out during and, that game? Well, we're flying. We're, we were traveling like the entire game. I got into my hotel room with like was it one play before the two minute warning in the fourth. And that's that's when I sat down and turned like and turned on the TV and I was like, oh my god, what's going on? Yeah, I was following. Yeah, but you know that once you land and then you get to you get to Long Island, it's it's a pretty long trip. But I mean, I'll take the first down. I I, I think any it's a first down, so we win the game. So. Um, yeah, I've, I was. I watched a little bit after that too, um, you know that that Baltimore-Cincy game. So, yeah.
3: All right. Um, do you do you get to chill at all and watch, or is it just kind of locked in, like watching ten minutes on your phone?
4: Uh you know we we went out to dinner. There's a there's a TV there, so we got to watch, you know, a good amount of it, um, and just kind of relax and, you know, that playoff. Any, any sport in the playoffs um, is exciting to watch. And so, you know, we we got to enjoy. You know, at least we weren't flying the entire day. It wasn't a West Coast trip. Um, so we, we got to kick back and, and relax a little bit on that day off. Gotcha.
3: Uh, Garnet, we always yeah. love having you on, man. Uh, good luck tonight. Appreciate your brother. Good luck. Keep it up. Goal scoring Garnet Hathaway. has got a good <laughs> ring to it, dude. <laughs> we got to trademark that. Um, <laughs> you should. Start selling T-shirts.
4: Oh, man. Put yeah. your guys' face on it. Oh, <laughs> thanks, guys. I really appreciate you having me. All oh, yeah. right. Good All luck man. tonight, care, man. man. We'll talk tonight. next week. That's Thanks,
3: yes. that's our guy, Garnet Hathaway. Garnet <laughs> is driven by Lindsay Volvo Cars of Alexandria, where their goal is your complete satisfaction. Be like Garnet. Score your next Volvo with the assist from Lindsay in the crease of A Alexandria crease. and VolvoCars.com.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.